0: Good morning. morning. All right. I'd like to see that this morning. Man, didn't they do an awesome job? I love that. Absolutely. Man, if you if this is your first week here, you missed last week, man. I want to I wanna encourage you to go back and check it out. I'll mention that here in just a little bit. But we're in this series called Playlist. And we're looking at some songs, and we're singing some secular songs, and maybe someone's here, and they're like, for the first time, they're like, what are they doing? Is this, is, is this okay to have those songs and sing those songs here? Is it even legal? I think it is. If not, just know that, well, we won't be here next week. But no, just kidding. It's all good. It's all good. And here's the reality. I love the truth of this, because the reality is you look at how Jesus taught and how he brought Scripture, how he brought different things of the day. He used the, the context of the day to explain spiritual truths. And I think that's really good. I think it's it's good for us to be able to take something that's in the context of our world today and use it to help explain a spiritual truth. And that's really what we're going to dive into this week here in just a minute. But even last week, we did the same thing, and Pastor Brandon did a great job. If you have not heard his message, I want to really encourage you to go check it out on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you want to grab it. But just a really great message. It was—I did it on the song um, Praying by Kesha but it was a message of forgiveness. And the reality is I believe that each and every one of us have this thing that we need to forgive others, and the weight that we hold sometimes in those things. I know it was good for me this last week. I encourage you, go check it out, all right? Let's do that. Well, today, as you just heard, we're going to do a different song, and it is the song by Lady Gaga called A Million Reasons. And I think throughout this song, my my hope is that we will come out of here with a message of hope for maybe people that are struggling having a hard time, maybe feel like you're just being beat down. I'm hoping that, th- that there's a message of hope that comes for you today. But let's talk a little bit about who Lady Gaga is. Many, many of you probably know her. She's an American actress, a songwriter, a singer. Um, she grew up in New York City, started playing piano at the age of four. Um, she's in her mid-30s right now. She's accomplished quite a bit. She has 12 Grammys, been nominated for an Oscar, has sold well over 27 million albums and over 146 million singles. That's a lot. In, in 2019, she was named by Time Magazine as one of, the most one, the, one of these 100 most influential people um, of that year. So a lot of things in there. And even if you don't listen to her music, my guess is that you probably still heard of her. The song A Million Reasons. It came out of a, a conversation that she was having with one of her girlfriends, and sometimes those conversations go with girlfriends. I don't know that, but I'm, here's what I'm guessing. That, that that conversation kept going along, and it came along just talking about some men in their life, and and so sometimes the men in their life just seem to give them a million reasons to walk away, right? I thought about asking my wife if I've ever given her a million reasons. I thought that's a really bad idea. I don't want to know the answer to that, so I'm not. I'm refusing to ask that question, and don't don't tell me later, all right? Please. Um, anyway, um, but let's look at the song a little bit. Let's dive into that. Um, the first verse uh, starts right away. It says, You're giving me a million reasons to let go. From In that relationship, in that connection, there was, she, she had constant bombardment of, of these messages. She's just thinking, I just, I, I, I'm going let go. I'm, I'm out of here. Um, she says, in, in also in verse 1, If I had a highway, I would run for the hills. And really what she's saying there is that if I could find an easy way out, if I could find this paved road where I could just get out of town, I'd be out. I'd be done with this. I wouldn't be, because I can't handle it anymore. In verse 2, she says, Stuck in a cycle, I look off and I stare. And she's saying in the midst of that, like, like there's so many things that, that as she gets bombarded by all of these things in her, her world, all these thoughts keep coming in, she's so overwhelmed that she's just kind of in a trance. She's just kind of staring out in the middle of nowhere, just like, I'm just so overwhelmed. And then she says this, If you say something that you might even mean, it's hard to even fathom which parts I should believe. And there's really a spot of saying, he said so many lies after lies, and she says, I don't know whether what you're saying to me is the truth or if it's just another lie. My guess is that someone listening here today, or maybe listening online, this may be a reality of where you are in a relationship right now. But see, for Lady Gaga, she's identifying a million reasons that they're all coming from the man in her life. And I, I know we can happen, this can happen the other way around too, right? I mean, it's not just true. Um, it's not true in my case. I mean, let me be clear with that. I'm sure it's rare, but ladies, I mean, come on. My guess is there may be a case or two where a woman is giving a man a million reasons to walk away as well. But see, this goes way beyond dating relationships. It goes beyond marriage relationships that goes to other relationships in our lives as well. Think about our friendships. Think about our our relationship with our families, our our kids, our parents. Think about relationships with our in-laws and our outlaws. I mean, think about the relationships with those people that we work with, those relationships where you get to a point where you just say, I can't take it anymore. I'm not sure... It's even worth it. I don't even know if I can handle it. There's so many things, so many reasons that are bombarding my mind that I'm just like, I, I I think I'm done with this. I feel like there's a million reasons why I can't see my way through whatever this challenge is right in front of me. And so we can even take this even another step further and move from relationships to the things that we tell ourselves. The stories that we say, the things that come in our own minds that aren't from another person, not another person giving us the reasons. It's just things that happen in our lives. Think about, I know there's a lot of people right now out looking for jobs because they've lost their job for whatever reason. And they're going through interviews. Sometimes as you're in that process, it just seems like you can't get, you get turned down, and you get turned down, and you get turned down, and you get to a spot of, of telling yourself, I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. Nobody really likes me. I can't be even hired. What the heck is going on? And those things replay in our mind. I know our students are having a hard time in the midst of all of these things with COVID. The mental health professionals in their communities are identifying this and seeing this happen more and more with all the isolation and and, and getting away from things. The messages that are being told to our kids and that they're telling themselves is just compounding, and and it's getting in the spot where there's so much negativity that's beating down on them, and it's impacting their mental health. We even look at some things in our, in our own lives, in our, our physical health, and even, in even other battles with, with different things like addictions in our lives. We talk about whether it's addictions of, of food or whether it's addiction of alcohol or, or drugs or pornography or anything like that. A lot of that starts with the things that happen up here in our mind and the messages that we tell ourselves. And you know what? It goes beyond that even to our spiritual walk with Jesus. Sometimes we take steps we, we come to church for the first time or we, we, we step out in faith and we're like, man, well, I'm going to give my life to Jesus and, and we get this constant barrage of negative thoughts that keep coming. We say, hey, you're not good enough. You, they say you're forgiven, but you're not forgiven. You're still a really bad person. But you realize that you don't measure up. You look at all of these different things and you realize whether it's our relationships, our jobs, our school, our physical body, our spiritual relationship with God, there's something, there's something that we need to be aware of And we need to realize something, and it's something that we don't want to do. We don't like going here, but we need to recognize that we have an enemy, and that enemy we call Satan or the devil. And there's a reality to that. We don't want to go there, but we need to understand that that his his goal is to tear us down, to rip us apart. See, there's a lot of battles that are going on in our lives. Those battles are fierce. And there may not even be battles that we're aware of because we tend to focus on the physical battles in our lives and forget about all the things that happen in our mind. We, t- we look at the person or our work or our substance or the internet, but we, figure, we, we, we forget that our minds are constantly under a barrage of thoughts. And that's truly the front, light, front line for our battle. Because see, when we get to the spot where we feel discouraged or we feel like we've lost hope, the enemy sees that as an advantage, and he continues to pile on lie after lie after lie and give us a million reasons why we should give up. Our focus, our focus needs to be taken away from those million reasons that are trying to pull us down to the one good reason to stay the course. And that good reason is Jesus. I think for, in order for us to really understand this, we need to understand the powerful role of thoughts and what they play in our, in our world. Our thoughts, they're, they're extremely powerful and they're plentiful. I'm, sure not, you, I'm, sure not, I'm not sure that you all realize that we have a lot going on up there. Some of us have a little bit more than others and we realize that piece, but there's a lot going on in our heads. I did, done, did some research this last week and I looked at a couple of different studies that, that measured the number of thoughts that people have per day. And one study was done um, last year in July of, of 2020. It was done at Queen's University in Canada. And they published a study that, that showed thought transitions that were happening through fMRI uh, brain scans. And they referred to these transitions as these things as thought worms. And they identified that the average human has 6,200 thoughts per day. That's a, that's a lot of thoughts, right? And that's a lot of things going on in, in our minds. And, and maybe it's that these thought worms that they were measuring, maybe it's because they were more strings of thoughts, because the other study that I, I found found even more found that that number was really much, much higher. In in 2005, the National Science Foundation published an article summarizing research on human thoughts per day, and here's what they found. The average person has 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day. So if we just even went with that low number, so even take that big number away, go back down to like 6,000 thoughts, right? If you were awake 16 hours a day, and because you, you were actually getting eight hours of sleep. And I know you're saying, John, I don't get eight hours of sleep because I have so many thoughts going on in my head that I can't get that many sleeps. I understand that. I get that. I mean, I really, really get that. I mean, I have a hard time myself going to sleep. A lot of times I need to, to, to either watch something in a show that's to take my mind off of the day, what's going on, or read something. And then I'll be, I'll be doing that. I'm just getting tired. I'm just getting ready to, to, to fall asleep. And, and my wife leans over and she says, something. She asks me a question about something, and all of a sudden, boom, my brain is right back up, and it's like firing all over again. And I'm like, what the heck? And I'm sitting there staring at the ceiling, because all these things are going through my mind, and then I look over at her, and she's like dead asleep. And I'm like, what the heck? What the deal is? But no, no, we solved it. Um, I kicked her out of the bedroom, and she sleeps in the other room now. So Uh, just kidding. I don't do that. No, I, but we have gotten to the point she understands that, and she's like, okay, I know not to ask me that question. So let's look at these things and say, okay, if, if we were to get um, eight, eight hours of sleep we're awake 16 hours, we have 6,200 thoughts per day. That's 387 thoughts per hour. 387 thoughts. So right now, you've been here for maybe about half hour or so. You've had around 200 thoughts already. I don't know that I want to know any of your thoughts because you're probably thinking, hey, when is John going to get to the point and when he's going to get done with this? But you've had a lot of thoughts already today. And if you look at this, I'm thinking that, man, that's almost 400 thoughts every hour. And that's from the conservative numbers. If you look at the 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts on the other study, that's 3,000 to 4,000 thoughts every wake hour. That's crazy. That is a lot of stuff going on. And the reality is the majority of battles that we face in our lives are happening up here. They're happening in our mind. And this is clearly spelled out for us in the Bible. Let's look at Ephesians six twelve. It says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. One of the main battlegrounds for this, these, all these spiritual strongholds, all these spiritual fights, is in our thoughts, in our minds. Today I want to talk about three different actions that I think will help us Win the battle for our thoughts. First of all, the very first and most important piece I think that we need to focus on is to recognize the battle. We need to recognize that there's a battle going on around us. And recognition is absolutely the key, because if we don't see it, if we don't recognize that beyond the physical world, we're going to miss out on things. There's a battle going on for your thoughts and for my thoughts. And Maybe to say it a- another way, recognize your stinking thinking. Because we all have some stinking thinking. We all kind of are, are guilty of that from time to time. And this battle, again, it happens in our relationships. It happens in all relationships, even good ones. The, even the good ones aren't, they're not even immune to it. It happens in every single one of them. In fact, most bad relationships started out as good ones. Otherwise, they wouldn't be relationships, right? Right? I know this happens in, in my relationship with my wife and with my kids. And I, I think we have an overall really great relationship, but I know the reality of the battle that's going on in our minds and in our thoughts. See, one of us says something that's just a little bit off kilter. We don't, we don't respond by saying, man, isn't he so charming? Or isn't she so sweet? No, that's not where we go. We don't go there. We're like, well, what is she really saying? Or what did, what did he really mean by that without really saying it? What, what's really going on? This is what really, where we go with our thoughts. But that battle I said is not just with our relationships. It happens on things with internal things that we're thinking in our own mind and how we bring it on from stuff around us. Let me press in just a little bit. Have you ever had any of these thoughts? Nobody believes in me. I am what I am, and that's not much. I can't change. I don't want to sin, but it's not hurting anyone but me. I don't have anything to offer. I feel like I never measure up. I can't go on without it. I know it's wrong, but I deserve it. If you've had any of these thoughts, you need to know that these thoughts, they're not from God. They're not from God. They are weapons from the enemy. God won't say you're a failure. God won't cause you to worry. He won't, he's not the root of all fear, and he will never tempt you. But if we don't recognize this, if we don't understand this, the enemy will continue to speak these lies to us until he p- piles on the top of all the million reasons why we don't measure up, where we fall short. I mean, it'd be so easy if we could just stop there, right? If we could just stop at this idea of, of recognizing the battle and just saying, hey, hey, Satan, I, I got this. You know, I, I recognize what you're doing, and it's, and it's not going to work on me. I recognize that, that this isn't from God, but that's probably not going to work, right? So what do we need to do? We need to start training ourselves on what to do with those thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And listen to this. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought make it obedient to Christ. That leads me to my second action for the day, and that's to hold every thought captive. We need to hold every thought captive. We need to identify those thoughts, and then we need to hold them captive. And what does this really mean? It means to take control over what you think about yourself, and what you think about your own life. You need to take charge of your thoughts, take charge of your attitudes, take charge of those actions that follow your thoughts and your attitudes, and intentionally take charge of the words that you say and the things that you do. Because all of those thoughts, they can all contribute to the million reasons that the enemy gives us to break us down and tear us apart. So the question is for you, what do you do with your thoughts? What, what goes on? Do you just let them go? You, are you intentionally engage with them? See, not every thought that comes into our mind is, is, is a part of Satan's evil plan. I don't want you to think about that. That's not what it is. But as we go throughout our day, if there's thoughts and there's attitudes that are contrary what, to what Jesus thinks of us or what Jesus wants us to think of others, we need to hold them captive. We need to identify them. We need to call them out. And we need to take, not let them take root in our heart because if they take root in our heart, they reproduce over and over and over again very easily. That space from our mind to our heart is so incredibly critical. As thoughts come into your mind, we need to recognize, hey, we're at, we're at a battle. Are they, and if they're from the, from the enemy, we need to capture them. We need to hold them captive and take them before God. And then there's something else I think we can pull from this song. And it comes from the chorus. The chorus goes like this. I bow down to pray. I try to make the worst seem better. Lord, show me the way to cut through all this worn-out leather. I've got a hundred million reasons to walk away, but baby, I just need one good one to stay. For Christ followers, that one good reason is, is Jesus Christ. It starts and ends with Jesus And that brings me to my third point. We need to align our thinking going forward, align our thinking to Jesus. As followers of Christ, our hope is not in what someone else says about us, what someone else does to us. Our hope is what has been done for us in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus knows the battle that goes on. He knows the fight that's going on around us. He sent his legions of angels to help fight this battle, but he also gives us instructions to take control of our thoughts. And the Apostle Paul gives us this in Philippians 4, verse 8. It says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Church, there's a battle going on. There's a battle going on for our thoughts. The enemy is trying to give you a million reasons to give up, a million reasons to walk away, a million reasons not to trust God, a million reasons to keep you down, a million reasons to discourage you in your walk with God. And we need to hold on to the one reason that we know will bring us victory, and that's the hope that we find in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I want to close. Yeah, absolutely. You can clap for that. He is good. I want to close with an illustration. You might be seeing this up here and thinking, well, John's going to be really thirsty today. and that's not what this is. But you probably all heard people talk about, you know, they fill a glass halfway full of water and they ask a question. They say, okay, is this glass half full or is it half empty? And that's a common thing for you. People. And some people they, they figure, well, if they say it's, it's, if it's half empty, then they, it's a more negative person. If it's half full, it's a more positive person. But I'd like to change that a little bit. I want to propose something different. I would say that this glass is hundred percent full. It's hundred percent full. It's half full with water and it's half full with air. And if we use this glass as, a, as an illustration of our mind and our thoughts that go through our heads, think of the water as positive thoughts and the air as negative thoughts. We always have them in our mind. We always have things that are going on. And if we go back to the 2005 study that mentioned the 12 to 60,000 thoughts, they said they found also in that study that 80% of our thoughts are negative thoughts. So this is not even true. It's more like this. But there's only a portion of our thoughts that are in our mind on a constant basis that are positive thoughts. So we're at a constant battle with the enemy of filling in our mind with negative thoughts and filling in more and more. And the reality is that if we don't address it, if we don't recognize the battle, if we don't hold our, co- our thoughts captive and take them before God, what ends up happening is that we become empty. In that moment, The enemy has got a stronghold in our life and the fight out of that is so much harder but when we spend our time focusing on the living water that is Jesus and we ask him to come into our life and fill us with what is true, what is honorable what is noble what is good what is lovely and what is pure, he will fill us up and displace those negative thoughts with good thoughts, with positive things. And we may not get all the way because we are still human and we still fall short, but the reality is the more we can fill ourselves up with Jesus, the less battle that we have to fight. Because you know when you get on the side of strength, when you have numbers have much more success and the reality is the number for us is one because that's what we need jesus and if you've never given your life to jesus i want to encourage you to take control of the battle start there give your life to him and all you need to do is recognize that jesus came to earth as a man and he died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And he, he went to the cross, he died, he rose again three days later, and that was the conquering of all sin. So although the enemy has a foothold in this world, Christ has conquered eternity forever. Yes. Amen. Amen. And if you want to, whether you're here, whether you're online, you can get in, all you need to do is, is, is understand that. And the Bible says that, man, if you believe in your heart, that Jesus is Lord and you declare with your mouth that He is He is the one, He is the one that saved you and me from our sins, you will be saved. And when you do that, there's a there's all kinds of people in heaven that are celebrating. Angels in heaven are celebrating because of that decision. And know that even though there's a million reasons that are gonna keep coming after you, that you got the one reason that you can come out on the other side. And if you made that decision today, if you made that decision previously and you've never been baptized, I want to encourage you that, man, on August 8th, we're going to have a baptism bash here. And we're encourage anyone who's never been baptized. The Bible tells us that, man, you do that to, to represent an inward change. It's an outward sign of an inward change. And if you've never given your, if you've ever been baptized and shown that you've made that decision, I want to encourage you. Come be part of it. It's going to be a great Sunday. We're going to have one service. We're going to be outside, um, and we're going to have a a baptismal out there, and we want to encourage you to come be part of that. And here's the other thing. I mentioned this a few weeks back. As, As I was growing, grew up, I was grew up in a Lutheran church, and I was baptized as an infant, and that was my parents' decision for me to be baptized. And I made a decision later on in life to go be baptized because that was my decision. I want to encourage you. If that's, if that's your story, I want to encourage you to come be part of this. This is an honor to your parents that they baptized you as a young child saying that they were going to raise you to know Jesus. This is an honor to them by saying, I'm now, I'm making that decision. I'm showing that publicly by making that decision. All right? So If you want to, come talk to us. I'm going to go on our website. You can sign up. Be part of that. We'd love to be part of that with you. Hey guys, would you pray with me as we close? Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Um, just for who you are. God, we just are so thankful that even though this world is hard and even though there are so many things that are bombarding us each and every day, there's, there's so many negative thoughts that are coming our way. God, give us the courage to fight the battle, to stand strong, to recognize what the enemy is doing but also to recognize that you have conquered all of that. God, thank you for the hope that we have to persevere, to know that we matter, that we have a purpose, and that you want to use us. Lord, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for the hope that you've given us. We pray this all in Jesus' holy and precious name. Thanks for checking out this week's message. If you'd like to get involved here at Northern Hills, check out our website at inhills.org or download the Northern Hills app. We hope to see you again soon.